The Indianapolis Colts have some very important decisions to make this offseason regarding their in-house free agents. So who will end up staying in Indy? And which players have played their last snaps as members of the Colts? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and as always, I'm joined here by my fellow analyst and co-host at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, it seems like there are a lot of a lot bigger names at the top of this in-house free agent list than are uh, uh, normal for the Indianapolis Colts. Some of these guys extremely important to the success of the offense and the defense it's going to be really interesting to see how the Colts handle all this with now it's just a month out from when free agency starts but how are you doing buddy doing great it was an awesome uh Super Bowl weekend and um got you know got to watch the game and it was a fun one but uh yeah when you talk about the Indianapolis Colts man they they've got so they've got a lot of guys obviously that they need to make decisions on but we're going to talk about eight in particular we feel like the top eight uh most important and you're just not going to get them all you know very very low chance that they sign all eight of these guys because if they do that you can pretty much rule out a lot of free agents that might be a little bit more on the on the higher tier um but you know, it's 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 going to be exciting to talk about these guys because at the end of the day, every single year, there's always those guys. And for the Colts, you know, also where you're like, man, it'd be great to keep them. But it's all about price at the end mm-hmm. of the day. It's all about, you know, managing that salary cap. I know they have still like sixty six million dollars, which is like top 10 in the NFL. But you got to do it correctly. And one of those guys, Michael Pittman Jr., if they do resign him, I mean, he's going to command like twenty three million dollars a year or something like that. So you got to make sure that you, you know, get everybody that you really need and see for the the future of the team with Anthony Richardson resigned. But I'm excited to talk about it because I also want to hear what people think about our decisions and what they think. I'm sure me and Indy are going to disagree on a couple of these, but um, yeah, at the end of the day, man, they've got a lot of big names that they need to make big decisions on. Exactly. So we're going to talk about the, all the, really the top, like, as Drake mentioned, the top eight in-house free agents for the Indianapolis Colts, whether we think they stay, whether they think uh, they're playing somewhere else in 2024 and, and give the reasoning why for that. And I know you guys are all ready to talk about that NFL nerd starting us off, just finished TV bingo and I'm ready to party. We're glad you're here talking Colts football tonight. NFL go. nerd as always the third host stats, Matt, what's up? The off season is upon the entire NFL. Now comes the hard hitting questions for each team who stays, who goes, and who's new exactly and as patrick says he's ready to party he just took his pants off and he's here let's do it so hey patrick so ready to party nfl nerd as always so before we do that please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i are going live every monday and thursday night or for special breaking news episodes so you never miss an uh, miss a show really and miss this talking Colts football. Uh, but if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. So, Drake, let's get into it here. Colts free agents, who stays and who goes? Obviously, you can't keep everybody, even though I know some of some some 
people would like to keep all of these top guys, but number one, it just helps it helps the team get better because obviously you want to improve in in some areas and and it allows for for other guys to get their opportunities. So there's 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 some pretty big names on this list that we're about to talk about and and some that played huge roles on the Indianapolis Colts in 2023 that won't be back in 2024. Yeah. And again, you know, you're wanting to make all the room possible, you know, to bring in exactly who you feel is going to fit the future with Anthony Richardson. And of course, Mm -hmm. with the young with the young defense, because it's still a pretty young defense uh, by all regards outside of guys like Defoe and and guys like Grover Stewart, who I think are in their early 30s or on 30 on the dot. So Mm -hmm. um, again, it's all about the price. It's all about the negotiation. There's probably going to be a lot of that happening starting right now, now that the season is officially over for the NFL. And uh, we're going to get into it. But, you know, Chris Ballard has always been the kind of guy that, you know, sometimes he really does value that cap, that salary cap space. And he doesn't want to blow it all in one year so that long term you're not, you know, like the New Orleans Saints where you're in the negatives for quite a few years. Right. You have to be smart with the cap and, yeah. and especially how you structure these contracts. And as he always loves to say, the market is what the market is for these guys. So let's start out with with priority number one for for the Colts. I think all fans agree on this. Michael Pittman Jr., you know, the Colts' number one wide receiver, 109 catches, 1,152 yards, and four touchdowns uh, last year. Said that so many times, I don't even have to write it down or look it up anymore. Uh, But, Drake, what do you think? I think we're going to be – this one's going to be a pretty quick one. Do you think he stays or do you think Pittman plays elsewhere in 2024 and why? You know, let's just get it out of the way. I think he stays. Um, and it's because you can't remove it, it always goes back to Anthony Richardson. We have to we have to say this. It's all about Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. And you can't take away the guy who was arguably the passing offense outside of the guy throwing the ball. It was Michael Pittman Jr. Okay. You can't trust Josh Downs yet to be a number one receiver. Uh, so it's like outside of that, you've got a steep drop off as of right now in this moment, because there's not been a draft and there's not been a free agent signing yet. So it's Alec Pierce after that. And by all regards, Alec Pierce underperformed. So Michael Pittman Jr. is a must. Pay whatever you need. I, You and I, I think, are actually in agreement on this, that they should have honestly extended it. You know, I feel like you could have probably done it for cheaper. Now, you know, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous to say this, but you have to, uh, covering the NFL, is that you could have gotten him for cheaper. And, you know, you for his family and for his life, he wants to make more money, right? But for the team, you don't want to pay a guy as much money. You know, you want to mm-hmm. pay him what he deserves, but now he's got more, more uh, I guess, more leverage because the season is over. And now that they've allowed him to go explore free agency, who's to say someone's not going to throw him a fat offer, you know, like a, like a $24 million a year, someone may overpay or overoffer for Michael Pittman Jr. because he was able to do so much with so little and he has over his career with so many different quarterbacks. So, um, man, must sign. You can't take away Anthony Richardson's best target. You can't take away the best weapon he's got. And when you do inevitably add a receiver in the draft or in free agency, you want Pittman to be with the team. You don't want to try to have to replace the guy because, man, that's you just don't have guys like Michael Pittman Jr. growing on trees. It, it's a, It's always a dart throw. Whenever you add a new guy through free agency to a new scheme and a new team, or when you pick them up in the draft, you have no idea yet what they're going to do in the NFL. So um, there's been plenty of busts over the years, you know, especially wide receiver. So um, it's priority number one before anybody else. I think you have to sign Michael Pittman Jr. And then you can kind of evaluate the rest of the offers and the rest of the, the money that you need to pay the other guys. 
Shout out to Logan Schmidt in the chat. Good to see you joining us here tonight, buddy. And Stats Matt says, of course, Pittman comes back. If not, we riot. And I think that's some very, kids that's very definitely, definitely feel that way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pittman's staying. And Drake, I, I know he. there's a chance he might reach free agency. I don't even see that happening. You know, if the Colts can't come to a deal before he gets to free agency, uh, I think the Colts tag him. I really do. I think they tag him and then they work throughout the summer to try to get to a, a new deal because Pittman is that important to the Indianapolis Colts. You cannot risk losing your number one wide receiver in today's NFL. You know, there's a reason that the top wide receivers in the NFL never reach the free agent market, because if you if you do that, you know, you're 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 losing your probably a lot of times your best playmaker and someone to help out your quarterback. And in today's NFL, it's all about the quarterback position. So, no, I, I don't think uh, that there's even a chance that Pittman is with the Colts next year. Uh, and like I said, I, I fully believe that if he uh, if the Colts and, and Michael Pittman Jr.'s representation uh can't come to an agreement on a deal that the colts will franchise tag him and work towards a long-term deal in the summer you know and even Pittman even said himself he's not opposed to being on the tag would he like to play on it no but he said that he wouldn't he wouldn't be mad at 23 million dollars and and also you know you can use that to work towards a long-term deal so, uh, yeah, I, I don't even think that he gets to free agency. I think that the Colts would tag him. But ultimately, the the, the goal is to lock Pittman up long term before that, that happens. And again, wrote a piece on this kind of where I think he would sign for. Again, three years, $70 million, just a, sh a shade over $23 million a year on average annual value. Uh, that puts him around the 10th highest, ninth or 10th highest wide receiver in the NFL. And, and I think that's that's ultimately what, ultimately what it's going to take to get Michael Pittman locked up. But but Colts fans, I, I really don't think you need to be worried about that one. Yeah. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be with the Colts for a very long time. Let's move to arguably the most uh, important defender that's uh, on the going to be on the free agent market, Grover Stewart. Drake, we saw what this Colts defense, especially against the run, was like uh, this past season without Grover Stewart. Of uh, terrible, and I'm sure the Colts are going to work to get that done. But but for a guy that has just continued to produce, really hasn't shown any signs of fall off. In my opinion, uh, he's right up there with Michael Pittman Jr. as a guy that you must bring back uh, for 2024 and beyond. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. Because you're talking about a guy who is the 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 two to the one two punch that is him and Buckner. Mm -hmm. And I think that obviously DeForest Buckner, he's incredible, right? But like we saw over and over, we've had to say this, that when Stewart wouldn't be in the game, you would see Buckner just double teamed and there's just a glaring lane for the offense to attack. And that's where uh, Stewart wasn't. So in the, in those six games he was out, it was atrocious. You know, the run defense was awful. And uh, I, I remember stats, Matt put up a, a graphic or a stat that basically in layman's terms and summed up that Grover Stewart changes your entire run defense, regardless of who you face. So um, I, I think that it's kind of the argument for Pittman, while it's not a, a big, big, big money position, it is still, you know, one of those things where you have to say you don't find defensive tackles that are as efficient as Grover Stewart just all over the place. OK, you can get some guys that can plug in those holes, but not consistently, not all over the place. You can't just, you know, find them everywhere in the league. So uh, given what he's done in the ground game, I think that he's imperative to resign. I think that there is still a little bit of like, hey, can you get to the passer just a little bit more at a little bit of pressure? I think he had like a half sack last season. But again, 
most of the sacks came from either DeForest Buckner or they came from the ends, Quiddy Pay and uh, Samson Epcom and Dio Dangbo. So, uh, but at the end of the day, man, I, I just, I'm actually looking right here. I think his last contract was three years, about $10 million a year. It was $30 million. And I think that you can elaborate more on this because you wrote an awesome piece on it. You know, he's going to warrant more money than that Colts fans. He just will. And people, if you say, okay, he's 30, you can't pay him. Defensive tackles are just a little bit different. They, some of these guys can play at a high level until they're like 35, 36 years old. They just can. And so I know Buckner's not going to go out there and probably get, or uh, uh, Stewart's not going to go out there and probably get like, seven, eight sacks, but he is one of the best, in my opinion, run defenders you're going to find as an interior guy. Okay. And the Colts showed they need to stop the run. Okay. You want to put it on the quarterback's arm a lot. Cause as Patrick Mahomes showed, if you run the ball really effectively through the playoffs, man, you can actually open up your passing game even more, even with an elite quarterback generational talent. So ground games are still important people. And you need to, you need to force Buckner and Grover Stewart for years to come. So lock the guy up, man. It's, it's, it's going to be worth it. I promise you. Stats Matt is going on a run in the chat here. So let's, let's pull up his comments. Grover is a top 10, one technique, top five at run defense. Only complaint about Grover is his pass rush, but he also draws double teams uh, to free up others. Well Grover needs to come back. So, so yeah, stats Matt, uh, as always, showing that he is an informed uh Colts fan out there but yeah Drake I mean yeah you could say you you want him to go after the passer a little bit more obviously only a half a sack missed did miss six games last season but at the same time uh, you, you still want want a little bit more pressure out of that and I, I think that's something that Grover Stewart can continue to work on but to your point talking about yeah he is 30 years old and I did kind of mention this in my in my piece talking about predicting his his a potential contract extension you've got a lot of defensive tackles in the nfl that are still producing at, at 30 years old and and higher uh, it's not it's not one of those positions like a running back or, or a cornerback that that 30 you, you seems like you fall off a cliff i mean you have guys like like a fletcher cox like an Aaron donald that are producing well into their 30s uh so so the contract that i had kind of decipher and, and kind of do through research and 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 looking at different players that that fit what what Grover Stewart's role is on the Colts and that have similar production uh, was was around three years and and and, and around 40 uh, 42 million dollars a year uh, I think if I had if I remember correctly but but around and on an average annual value of, of 14 million dollars per season you know because he is so valuable in the in the run stuffing area because he can eat up those double teams as stats matt said to free up other guys one-on-one -on -one to either attack the quarterback uh or 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 really get after uh, uh allow these guys to go after running backs and clog up those holes uh when when, when in the running game so it's it's going to be interesting to see how many years the colts do put on this deal uh because if you do the the deal that i said like a three-year uh 43 and a half million dollar deal which is on average 14 and a half million uh per season uh that would put him right about like the 15th highest paid defensive tackle in terms of average annual value right there with the likes of of, of a a, a, a a Dalvin Tomlinson, a DJ Reader, a, 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 a Devon Hamilton, kind of those types of players that that really eat up space in the middle and and are just those those key cogs in the middle of your defensive line against the run. I think that's what Scrover Stewart can be and uh, or will continue to be for the Indianapolis Colts 
but Grover wants to be back. Chris Ballard has gone on record saying that he wants Grover Stewart back as well. I think it's only a matter of time before this deal gets done. Another defensive player that I think is is really important that maybe people aren't talking about as much as those other those top two that we talked about, Drake. Kenny Moore the second. You know, there was a big public, a little bit of a public spat last year when when he kind of did the hold into to mandatory uh mini camp, uh, was asking for a new contract and then just did not play well really in 2022. Fast forward 2023, the Kenny Moore of old is back, had three interceptions, two return for a touchdown. Uh, I think he had posted 93 tackles this season as well. Pretty big season for for Kenny Moore. Uh, Now he is up for a new deal. Do you think it happens or do you think Kenny Moore is done as a Colt? You know, given how young the secondary is, like if the Colts had like two other guys, they were like, you know what? They're they're here. You know, they're 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 ready to go as starters. We're 100 percent confident. Maybe you let him walk. Okay, just don't see that happening. Okay, at all. I mean, he's only 28, first off. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he's still relatively young. Um, He's been with the team his entire career. And you also do have to look at that 2022 season. And then what happened the following season with the same coordinator, by the way, you also didn't have Stephon Gilmore dude. You didn't have Rodney McLeod. All right. You didn't have experience in that secondary. You had Julian Blackman and then rookies like Juju Brents and Jalen Jones. And you had Daryl Baker Jr. And Tony Brown, who by all regard, the, the first one is inexperienced. And the second one is awful at coverage. So it's like he goes out there and has a, a incredible resurgent year. And in one of those games, I know we've said it before, but you have to, if he doesn't have those two pick sixes against the Panthers, it's a tied game, people. Like, I mean, the Panthers held Minshew and that offense in check, regardless of how crappy they played. They did a good job defensively in that game. So I think Kenny Moore needs to return. Now, the question is, there's not a market value on Spotrack. There's not anything other than his former uh, contract, which was four years for $33 million. That's about eight and a half, $8.25 million a year. It's going to be more than that, okay? It's, it's, it's hard to say, but I, I would say it's – it's probably going to be, I want your thoughts on this too. Would you say it's probably going to be between three years? I love that three-year mark. Maybe two to three years, about 11 to $14 million a year, something like that. Well, I do have a piece coming down the pipeline where I'm predicting Kenny Moore's potential contract extension. You so can't I can't, answer it. I can't give it all away on the show. You guys have to go and read the article. That's what I'm working on right now, Drake. Uh, but but uh, for, for contract, for, I will do this. I will say this. Year-wise, think it's probably a two-year deal and then the reason why because two years he'll be at that 30 31 year year mark where it does seem like cornerbacks typically start to fall off so the Colts I think are going to while while they still can and while they're still going to have ample cap space I think they will do right by Kenny Moore in that offer but I don't think it's going to be longer than the two maybe three-year deal if the Colts are feeling generous but uh, I do think it's probably going to be a two-year deal probably try to front load it on on this deal so that way if Kenny Moore does have a bad year it wouldn't be as as hard to cut ties in in 2024 if they if they absolutely need to but but I agree uh, I I think that it is going to be uh, uh somewhere around 
I, I think it's going to be around a two-year deal, and I and I agree that Kenny Moore, for what the Colts have right now, Kenny Moore is enough is a must sign is a must resign. You know, because of the youth in the secondary, because of Kenny Moore coming off of a, of a really good year and showing how effective he can be uh, in this Gus Bradley defense, how he can still be a playmaker for this team, and and Kenny Moore went out there and made a lot of plays for this defense, and I would hate to see again. You're not going to find a, a veteran nickel cornerback on the open market that's as good as Kenny Moore so if you want to bring in another rookie to add even more youth to a secondary that's already fairly young that's that's a risk that I don't think the Colts are willing to take so a two-year deal you'll have to see what the actual numbers are on on my estimate there when you read my article later this week but yeah, I, again, I, I I don't really see. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess I could see a situation if I'm being honest. But I would I would expect Kenny Moore to be back. You know, Kenny Moore already said at the end of the year he'd love to stay at Indy. Indy is his home, and he wants to retire with the Colts. I know that that Chris Ballard has an affinity for for Kenny Moore and his story and how he's grown up with the Colts. So I really do see uh, uh, that that he is going to be able to. To, to uh, a way that he stays in Indianapolis for at least the next few seasons. So we have a question in here uh, with from Lindsay Lindsay Mack. Uh, Lindsay says, "How do I send super chats, guys? I'm determined to do it while I'm listening live, while I can. Uh, so you should you should on YouTube you should be able to see there should be a super chat option uh, that you can hit. Uh, it's the dollar sign as as uh, Patrick says the CFO himself. Hit the dollar yeah, sign knows. next to the chat box. There you go. You'll be able to send a super super chat and if Lindsay, you do send a super chat we'll highlight your comment or your question on the screen as we always do so uh make sure hey yeah in a, in a plus side of the super chats drake has to drink we always love drinking and, and hey i might start doing that as well so if we if we get enough super chats and there's enough interest for me to start drinking on this show i guess everyone loves to make us drink so we'll, we'll continue to do that as long as loose, you guys you know? keep throwing in the super chats might as well uh let's talk about maybe a this guy this next guy could go either way i think drake you could either say some people may say he is a must sign for the indianapolis colts because of the position that he plays and the state of the position others think the colts might be able to walk away and either upgrade the position or let some of the younger guys show their stuff that's safety julian blackman in my opinion coming off of a career year after the switch from free safety to strong safety uh and and the was definitely a noticeable difference when he was lost for those final two games of the season julian blackman had a big year what do you think drake is julian blackman back with the colts in 2024 you know um when you look at his numbers uh ever since switching so strong safety for those that aren't in the know most most are but for those that aren't it's it's a box safety it's the guy who's closer to the line of scrimmage between the two safeties the free is more of the cover the strong is more of like a, a linebacker safety hybrid but still does some coverage um but julian blackman had four interceptions not only was that a career high it was the team lead then he had tw- uh eight passes defended career high he had two fumbles recovered career high he, fu- he re- uh, recorded a fumble forced which is the first one he's ever recorded. He had 88 tackles, career high, and five for loss, career high. Across the board, he missed two games, people. He still had career highs. And who's to say that game against the Texans isn't just a skosh different if Julian Blackman's on that field? I'm not saying that it would have been, but you never know, and you have to think about that. Look, you've got Rodney Thomas, who has basically proven, got to be honest, that he's really not a starter, 
Then you've got Nick Cross, who is a massive question mark still. You cannot trust those guys as the starters, okay? I think they must resign Julian Blackman. He's not going to break the bank. He just won't, okay? He's not going to break the bank. I, I, it's very difficult to say what his contract would be. But the thing is, I just can't envision it being more than Kenny Moore. I can't envision it at all being even close to what Grover Stewart's going to make. So you need to keep him on this team. And you do still have Daniel Scott, who is a veteran. Believe it or not, he was a rookie last year. The dude was a five-year college guy. All right. And he played a lot of football, a lot of special teams, played a lot of coverage, too, at California. So you've got to see what he's got, you know, and you have to give Rodney Thomas a chance to bounce back. And you do still need to see what you have with Nick Cross. I ultimately think the Colts in a perfect world would love to see Nick Cross and Julian Blackman as the starters. I really mm -hmm. do. I think that they think that Blackman is the strong guy. And I think that if if it all works out, you know, Cross could be the free safety. But, man, I think it's imperative. I think it's more important than people realize to keep Julian Blackman. It's just not going to break the bank. They need to do it. I really think that with this, with Julian Blackman specifically, he is a candidate to that Chris Ballard and the Colts might let him reach free agency to test, to kind of let the market set it set itself on him. You know, what is the market for Julian Blackman? How much is he out there getting offered? Uh, I think that could be a very realistic possibility because there are some guys at the top uh, of this safety class that are going to receive pretty big money you know Antoine Winfield Jr. Oh, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, Cameron Curl uh, is going to receive uh, a decent money too but Julian Blackman um, uh, I don't think that that I I don't think it's necessarily like you said it's not going to cost a lot for Blackman uh, I see that Patrick put put on here uh, saying Julian Blackman two years 11 and a half million guaranteed I think that's I think that's a really good starting spot I probably would have went two years uh, 12 million guarantee or 12 million uh, six just going right down the middle six and that's six cheap. million six million for a starting safety that is that is cheap and, and cheap. the reason why is because yes Blackman did have a career year but he's also struggled at times he struggled with injuries, which is which is a big deal as as well. Um, so is I, I think I mean Blackman's a, a solid starting safety in the NFL. So if you can get him for for six seven million uh, a year, yeah, I I would do that. And Patrick says that's PFF's prediction. I think that's I think it's pretty spot on in my opinion. But yeah, Drake. I do think that that the Colts would love to have Blackman as their strong safety. Would love for Nick Cross to to kind of grow into his own as that free safety to use his his coverage skills, uh, his his athleticism as that as that deep cover guy. And and you see, uh, I mean, as the Colts were allowing him to get more and more playing time, the Colts have a decent amount uh, invested. And Nick Cross as well. People forget the Colts traded up into the third round in 2022 to take. Nick Cross, you know, so so they do have a, a bit of draft capital invested into Nick Cross, so they would love for Nick Cross to work out and take over that other that other starting safety. But yeah, I, I very well could see Blackman going to free agency, letting the market kind of set itself for Blackman, and then the Colts coming in and and either matching that or, or giving him a similar deal with some sweeteners to keep him in Indy, uh, at least for now. You know, two years, $12 million, I think it would be a very sensible contract for Julian Blackman and, and for him to return to the Colts. I think it would get it done. Yeah, and he's a he's a 25-year-old veteran. 
Okay, the guy started at 22, and he's just had an upward trajectory over the last year. The big question is, you know, the injuries. Can you can you stay away from the injuries? Because, again, he did miss the last two games to a shoulder injury. So um, it'll be interesting to see. That's one of the bigger question marks where outside of Pittman and outside of Stewart, those are pretty definitive for you and I, but that's one that's really got a big question mark on it. All right, Drake, let's switch gears to a bigger name here. You know, a guy that led the Colts offense for most of the 2023 season, a pro bowler even. Will Gardner Minshew be back in 2024? Drake, I I think I'll go first on this one. I just don't see it. I I really don't. I know some people are going to really are going to say that, you know, we need to re-sign Minshew to have that backup out there, the backup behind Anthony Richardson again. But in, in my just in my estimation and in my gut, I just don't think that that the Colts want to want to do that. They would rather go with a quarterback that's more Anthony Richardson style. Doesn't mean they didn't appreciate Gardner Minshew and love him as a locker room guy, but I think number one is price tag, or number one I should say was was that he is going to be the uh, uh, just like I said they want to go in a direction that's that's closer to Anthony Richardson style with their backup quarterback. And number two, I think Minshew might be a little bit more expensive than what the Colts are willing to pay for their backup after his performance in, in 2023 going to the Pro Bowl. And while whether you think he deserved it or not, that still matters. You know, having a being a Pro Bowl quarterback behind his name, that still does matter in, in contract negotiations. So on top of all that, just the way that Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard talked about him at the end of the year, Chris Ballard talking about how he would like to go somewhere with the opportunity to start, and that's really not going to happen here. I, I think all signs are really pointing to Gardner Minshew playing elsewhere in 2024. Yeah, and look, I even wrote about this in my top three guys. I just don't think the Colts are going to resign, and that was actually one of them. And mm-hmm. look, Minshew did what nobody really thought he could do and that's lead this team most of the year damn near all the the entire year um to a winning record okay he was one throw from potentially winning the afc crown and taking this team to the playoffs he was the only guy that started against the baltimore ravens in baltimore and won the game all right so there is a lot of reasons why i totally and you do too we totally get why people want him to return but this is where the fine line happens Okay, like right now, Spotrack has his market value at about $5.7 million, $6 million. I don't think that's accurate. I think he's going to be one of the more highly paid backup QBs. And people, the fact he took a one-year $3.5 million deal, that is crazy based off of what he then went and did for that team. I mean, that's crazy. That's like Zach Wilson money, okay? Mm -hmm. Not Zach Wilson performance at all. So Minshew now with the Pro Bowl tag, you know, be looking at about $8 million a year. That's like high-level backup money. That's Jacoby Brissett money uh, right there. And I, I just don't think the Colts are going to pony that up. Now, uh, you know, I'm looking right here. I, I I see Teddy Bridgewater's name. Obviously, he retired. But you've got a guy like Josh Dobbs, okay? He's a free agent. I'm not saying he won't return to Minnesota. And you've got Tyler Huntley. That's the kind of backup I think the Colts want want in the building, okay? Do they think Ellinger can elevate to that backup. Personally, I think not, but he's still more mobile than Minshew. Okay, they don't want to have to like, even though Shane Steichen is, I think he's an offensive guru, you still don't want to have to shift everything from like a mobile offense to a pass offense or to a pocket offense where it's like the guy just doesn't move a lot. 
and and the thing is, like you said, Minshew has really out he's outperformed. I think what the Colts are willing to pay. I think that if he was within that sweet spot of like five to six million dollars, I think that's the most they'd be willing to pay him is like two years, six million dollars. I just think he's outside of that. I think he's going to make more like about eight. So um, especially if a team gives him a chance to compete for a starting spot, oh man, he's out of there. And every time, even on the green light podcast with Chris Long, they had Shane Steichen on and they talked about Gardner Minshew. I love how you mentioned in Chris Ballard's post uh, postseason press conference, you know, they talked about him in the past tense almost like he gave us a lot of chances to win this year. He did so much for us. Well, even Steichen said things that almost sounded like, you know, they were like, well, is Gardner Minshew going to become a coach? That seems like a perfect fit for him. Well, he said, I just don't think that he's going to do that yet. I think he has more years in the league to play. That just to me sounded like a guy who's like, look, I love him, but this league is about money. And what you can and cannot afford, and we're not a we're not a franchise that takes big swings. They're just not. The Colts are not that franchise yet. So, I just don't see it. I think they're going to let him go, and I think he's probably going to go to a team that's going to have a a situation at QB where, like with Richardson, they're going to want a mentor like Minshew, or he'll be able to compete for that starting spot and push a guy to be a starter or outright start week one. It's a business at the end of the day, you know, and and just everything, (laughs) everything that we've, we've heard and been told, it just seems like, doesn't seem like Gardner Minshew is in the future plans of the Indianapolis Colts. This, this other guy might be in the future plans. Well, I'm going to have to see another guy that I think the market is going to determine his true value. And that's Zach Moss, Drake, Zach Moss filling in for Jonathan Taylor this season proved to be a valuable starter on this Colts team. And I think he, he deserves a shot to be uh, the, the main running back with a, with another team in the NFL question is, will he be able to do that? Do you think the Colts retain Zach Moss for 2024 and beyond, or do you think he's playing elsewhere? Man, this one's really this one's way harder than Minshew, right? Because that's a quarterback. You, you know they're going to make that money. You know they're going to make the the money in the NFL, mm-hmm. even a backup. But like, I think in the first four games, I think I've got it right here. Um, yeah, so in his first four games, the guy has 445 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He had eight catches for 72 yards and another touchdown. He averaged 111.3 rushing yards a game. That is ridiculous. He was amongst the top three guys in the NFL with guys like Christian freaking McCaffrey. Okay, so, man, did he show he could start. He really did. So, I, I think that I think it would be great to retain him. I think that Zach Moss has voiced, if I'm not mistaken, that he would not mind to stay in Indianapolis. And I also think that, holy cow, can you imagine? You've got a trifecta of Moss, Taylor, and Evan Hall, who is a receiving specialist. People forgot the Colts have Evan Hall, who's an incredible receiver out of the backfield. And then you've got Richardson. That's a lot to deal with. So if they can meet in the middle ground, I think Indianapolis would retain him. I really do. But, man, I also feel like, you know, you want to make as much money as possible. Because, again, not only is this a business, Andrew, but these guys want to make as much money as possible for their families, for their for, for themselves and for their, their you know significant others. So if Moss has offered an opportunity or a contract to start somewhere, he's going to do it. He was supposed to hit this level in Buffalo. He really was. They just, it didn't happen. Not the right offense. So I I think that not only did the Colts win the trade without question, but I think Moss has potentially 
like Minshew, gotten himself outside of the contract that the Colts would be willing to pay. I'm not really sure what that would be. I think that if Taylor made the high-level money of like $14 million a year, I think that the Colts would be willing to pay Moss like 4 or $5 million at the most. But I think if it goes outside that, I think they're going to be like, look, we have Evan Hall, and we could probably pick up a running back as a, as a day three pick in the NFL draft, or we could pick up somebody off the scrap heap, you know, in free agency. Yeah, I, I just I, I think there is a path to Zach Moss returning, but I don't yeah. think that path is likely. You know, I yeah. think Zach Moss, you're looking at a guy that's probably going to get six to seven million in free agency to go be a, a starting running back somewhere or at least compete. Uh, when Jonathan Taylor signed that deal, really, I think it it, it kind of puts the the nail in the coffin that 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 John, Zach Moss wasn't going to be back. This, this next season or at all with the Indianapolis Colts, just because, you know, uh, he, I think he, number one, I just think he deserves to be a starting running back somewhere. But number two, you can't pay two running backs, especially when you're paying Jonathan Taylor that much money. And remember, guys, yeah, Zach Moss was great in relief. But when Jonathan Taylor came back and was healthy both times in the stint, when, when Taylor was finally healthy and at 100%, I mean, the carries for and the, the play for Zach Moss went down drastically, you know, because Taylor is the bell cow back. So you can't pay uh, a running back six million dollars a year for five to seven carries a game. You know, that's just nope. that's just not smart. You do have Evan Hall that's going to be back. Tyler Goodson. I know everyone still has that final that final play in mind, but Goodson is is under contract for next season. Trey Sermon is going to be a free agent, but wouldn't surprise me if he's back. The draft is coming up. You could very easily take a take a running back late. Uh, do you still have Xavier Scott that that I know the Colts are, are are decently high on as well? So there's options, you know. But would you have a 14 million dollar running back at Jonathan Taylor? He's going to get the bulk of the carries, and you already have guys waiting in the wings to help take some pressure off of them. I think Zach Moss is playing elsewhere in 2023. This guy, even though he's a depth piece, I think the Colts should really try to retain him. You know, no more one year deals. Give this guy a couple year deal to be one of your better rotational pieces on the defensive line. Tyquan Lewis Drake, after two consecutive seasons of brutal knee injuries, Lewis stayed healthy, was one of the leading uh, uh, rushers in terms of pressure on the Indianapolis Colts last year and and he I think he really found his his groove in, and and his role as a rotational pass rush guy they used him somewhat on the inside but they kept him mostly on the outside which I think was good for Tyquan Lewis could really focus in on rushing as an as an edge rusher uh rather than some a guy that was inside at the three technique. I think Tyquan Lewis is a no-brainer. I think you can get him for cheap. I think you can get him for a few, a few million dollars, and he helps just round out this pass rush group, uh, especially for a guy that got quite a bit of pressures on the quarterback, and that's what you're wanting to kind of accentuate and, and really bring out in this defensive line group is more consistent pressure. In my opinion, you got to get Tyquan Lewis back. He's a, a, another veteran on that group. He's He's got a good voice in that locker room, very well respected, and just just a really solid rotational depth piece on that on that defensive line. Yeah, and look, his previous contract was four years, four point three million dollars, and then they went and they re-signed him to a one-year, two point five million dollar contract, and I think they got him to another uh, about a about a million dollars for a, mm -hmm. a year. Look, I had him as one of my five biggest surprises from the from the like the season. Okay, and to put it in perspective. He was uh, defor here's the here's from first to third as far as from pro football focus who put the most pressure on quarterbacks. Number one is DeForest Buckner with 52 pressures. 
All right, number two is Samson Ebicom, who was arguably one of the best free agent signings of the year with 48. Not even that far behind, not even but eight pressures behind DeForest freaking Buckner is a rotational piece named Tyquan Lewis. 44 pressures. This dude was a beast at getting to the quarterback. Four sacks, too. He had more, he had 16 more pressures than Quiddy Pay and 15 more than Dio Dengbo. Okay, those guys played way more snaps than he did. Okay, so my point is you can never have, as Ballard says, enough edge rushers. Okay. You also have a guy that has worked his ass off to shut up all the doubters. We were concerned about the signing, and he shut everyone up, okay? As long as he can stay healthy, you know, knock on wood, Tyquan Lewis is one of the best rotational pieces you can pay, and he's not going to cost that much. Just like Julian Blackman, obviously, he's going to cost far less, but I do think he's going to get a little bit of a bump in pay. I think you're looking at two years, what? $4.5 million, maybe $5 million total. I mean, uh, some odd guaranteed. It's not going to be expensive. And he's going to continue to be, as you like to say, the NASCAR package guy. He's going to be that dude that on third down and it's third and eight or third and nine, that dude is going after the quarterback with haste. Okay. And even if he doesn't get to him, he pressures the quarterback. So I think Lewis has played himself into it. I think that he deserves a contract. It's not going to break the bank. You're still going to be able to pay your big players. And, uh, you know, you want depth. You know, we talked about it at defensive tackle. You need it at defensive end. I do think that Pay needs to step it up from a pass rushing perspective. I think Dio Dengbo, as I wrote recently, I think that he's a star in the making. I really do. I think if he can keep developing, that's a monster. But you need guys that can sub in so you don't miss a beat because it's a passing league and you got to get to these quarterbacks, man. Yeah, exactly. And and so that way, maybe two years, six and a half million per, uh, yeah. or not, not per, excuse me, two years, six and a half million total. And you want to do like four million guaranteed. I, I think there you go. I think that would be a, a really good deal uh, for, for Taekwon Lewis uh, to keep him in the fold here at the Colts. Last guy we're going to talk about tonight, guy that's kind of gotten overlooked, but he looked really good to end 2023. Rigoberto Sanchez, the Colts punter is going to be a free agent this year and we all saw what happened when when Rigo was out in 2022 the Colts struggled uh, at the punt game and and really after Rigo came back from that Achilles injury to start this past season he did get off to a slow start but as he got his feet uh, his leg underneath him really uh, really started to pan out and he looked like the Rigoberto Sanchez of old to end the season consistently pinning opponents inside the 20 yard line I think this is an easy deal for the Indianapolis Colts uh, again if it ain't broke don't fix it I think you can bring Sanchez back for cheap it's he's not like he's an all pro punter but he gets the job done uh this one I'd be I'd be again kind of shocked if, if Sanchez wasn't back with the excuse me, with the Colts uh, in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, and you know, it's awesome because uh, the guy comes back from an injury and he has 68 punts, averages almost 50 yards per punt. By the way, 48.3 yards per punt was a career best by over two yards a punt, okay? And he dropped 21 of those bad boys inside the 20, okay? Your punter can absolutely be a weapon. All right. If you pin a if you pin a team deep in their own 20 yard line or let alone inside the 10 or the five, good lord, that's a lot of ground to cover. Okay. And so I think that I think that it's imperative to re-sign Rigoberto because he's worked hard to get back from injury. Ballard loves the guys that he can keep in-house and keep with the Colts long term. 
And again, do you really want a, a, a situation where like in 2022, you saw what happens when you have a guy like Matt Hack out there where it's like, good Lord, you know, it's a beautiful name for him because he hacked a lot of his punts. And, you know, you get these teams that have easy field position. You can't have that in the NFL nowadays. They'll run up the score on you if you give them too short of a field. So I love keeping him. I think that I think that he does a fantastic job and he's worked hard to get back and by all regards, you know, he had a fantastic season. I know, like you said, he's not one of those, you know, top, you know, tier punters, but I mean, he's still a solid guy and you really don't want to go having to look for, again, your kicker, which the Colts have signed up and your puncher. You want your special teams to not even be a thought. I think they need to keep him. I, I would agree, you know, and, and so looking at this, looking at the list of, of these, uh, uh, of these eight free agents, in my opinion, four of them are, are absolute locks to be back. I put those four as, as Pittman, Stewart, Moore, and, and Sanchez. I think those four are, are locks five. I would fully expect to be back, you know, and I, that fifth one is, is Blackman. You know, I, I think that Blackman, at the end of the day, he's going to be back. Really don't have too many concerns. That sixth guy uh, that I think will be back is, Ty- is Tyquan Lewis. I think the Colts should should really make an effort to keep him. But but Rich Wheeler brings up a, a good point, you know. Uh, he thinks another NFL team might sniff an opportunity for Lewis to start and pay him. That could be, you know, after some good production, uh, they could see Tyquan Lewis as their Samson Epicon. You never That's know, right. just giving him a, a role. So, so but I I, I do think ultimately Lewis will be back in Indy. So six out of those eight guys, in my opinion, will be back. And it's going to be Minshew and Moss that are end up playing elsewhere in 2024. Yeah. And look, th- that's okay. I know that it's, I know that Moss did what he did and Minshew did what he did, but look, it's okay. You want a quarterback that fits the scheme more and that's more like Anthony Richardson. So you don't have to change so much. And then with Moss, I, I, I dare I say it. I know he didn't play, but one, one, I think he played like, what one quarter Evan Hall is a beast okay he is a great great tool that I think fits Steichen's offense he fits Richardson really well and I think he can be the perennial third down back that people have been missing since Naeem Hines so I think that you're just one like scrap heap signing away from like completing that backfield and I do think that Moss has honestly earned himself a starting position elsewhere at least to try I would agree. So it's going to be interesting nonetheless to see what the Colts do with their in-house free agents over these next few months. Let's talk about the latest Colts news and rumors, Drake and, and boy, Zaire Franklin and the trenches show definitely making noise to end last week. So they had former Colts, great T Y Hilton on the show and boy, they, they got things stirring up because uh, they had to ask. They had to ask about number twelve, and and they asked about his asked Ty Hilton about how how it felt to see Luck uh, when when the news broke that he was going to retire during that preseason game against the Chicago Bears, and of course the infamous uh, booing of him as he walks off the field for the last time in Indianapolis. Ty Hilton said, "You know that hurt. That hurt Andrew Luck." And then he dropped the line. If if Indy wouldn't have done that. We could have seen another luck sighting in Indianapolis. So, Drake, I, I know you wrote a piece on this, so so your 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 thoughts are pretty articulated there. But but just just quickly, uh, what did what did you what did you think about those comments? And and really, if it would have made any difference as far as Luck's return? Uh, well, first, I, I the first comments... of all, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. First, oh, no, go ahead. 
super chat nfl nerd drank wally time drank drink, drink. <laughs> wally <laughs> didn't My didn't want to miss that because i know nfl nerds has been having some issues uh, uh with the super chat so hey we appreciate you continuing to try to super chat drank wally that's going to be the new name i should change that uh here on Streamyard for you to drank wally instead of drake <laughs> wally but sorry to it. interrupt you buddy so what do you think about the comments on, uh, of hilton on luck no, thank you, NFL nerd. That is hilarious, by the way. Um, look, man, I understand the first first part. Understand, man. He he was Luck's best friend, uh, arguably. You know when he was there. Um, as far as the comment, you know, even Zaire Franklin was like, "Don't say that, bro. Don't say that, bro." <laughs> like right after he drops that line, yeah. it's like, look. I think what he was alluding to is that you would have seen Andrew Luck return, maybe to hit the anvil, maybe just to be around. You know, I mean, for God's sakes, the guy returned in a Civil War outfit as captain andrew luck and then captain andrew luck you know posted on x for the first time since the civil war so um at the end of the day luck was not going to return i think he was done he was done he wanted to move on he did what he needed to do and i respect him for it man i know that a lot of colts fans are still sour about this but look you put yourself in that position where your body is breaking down and you're realizing i'm like 28 29 years old man and i've got my whole life ahead of me do you just want to keep on ruining yourself physically when you've already been ruined up to that point you know you can blame brian grigson and whatever but it is what it is i don't think he was going to return or i don't think he retired just because of a couple boos at a preseason game from some half-assed fans that were just there for cheap tickets okay i i think that it was done so um at the end of the day man hilton bringing him on was great fantastic to hear him talk about andrew luck a little bit but I don't think it would have mattered, man. They could have cheered him. They could have booed him. It didn't matter. The timing was awful by Adam Sheffer, though. Yeah, it it, it was. You know, I, for for someone that <laughs> was in that in that stadium that yeah. night, um, pr pretty wild scene that I will I will certainly never forget. But no, I I don't think that the the fans booing him had any impact on him not returning you know now now there there is there is smoke to the to the fire that the Colts did talk to luck prior to the 2021 season prior to making the Carson Wentz trade they had serious discussions with luck and as I've got it on good authority to say that luck while he wasn't well he wasn't close to returning I don't I think that's putting it a little bit too far he did have some thoughts of returning prior to that 2021 season however his heart wasn't fully into it and if his heart he he said he and he he told the colts my if my heart's not fully into it i don't want to be there and because I, I can't do it if my heart's not fully into it so that's as far as discussions went after that the colts ended up training for carson wentz and and, and the rest is history you know, and then of course the as stats map brings up the whole Jimmy with the Colts uh, saga that was just a, a, a load of garbage as well. Uh, but no, it, it wasn't that. Now I do agree. You probably would have seen Luck um, either banging the anvil. You would have seen him maybe the the Colts introducing him in front of the crowd. I think that would have happened sooner. And I do think that eventually Andrew Luck will be will go into the Colts Ring of Honor. When that when that will happen, I don't know. But I, I do think it will happen eventually. He will come back to Indianapolis, and I think he will be uh, have a warm embrace when that does happen. But but yeah, I don't think that Luck was ever close to returning. And and hopefully, I say hopefully, but I know that that something else is going to come up that's going to bring Andrew Luck back. Hopefully, 
we could just leave the whole Andrew Luck thing alone um, and, and just remember the good times from, from here on out. Uh, Hilton also made another comment about wanting to return a couple seasons ago when he was a free agent and, and even being open to taking a lesser role. He just wanted to mentor Michael Pittman Jr., and and kind of pass it on how Marvin passed it on to Reggie, Reggie passed it on to Hilton, and Hilton wanted to be there to 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 mentor and 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 pass it on to Michael Pittman Jr. to be the next next Colts wide receiver one. Obviously, that really that really didn't happen, and then Hilton was not brought back. So just interesting to kind of hear T.Y. Hilton's side of, side of all of that. Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode, I, I really encourage you to go oh, do that. Yeah. Uh, the, the Trenches show uh, with Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed. It's a really fun podcast. It's, it's definitely on my Friday listens. Uh, so, so definitely would be encouraged for you all to go read that or listen to that after uh, you listen to Horseshoe Huddle podcast. Uh, of of course but uh uh, drake we've got one more thing to talk about tonight and of course it's super bowl 58 the kansas city chiefs it's a dynasty you think you can officially call it a dynasty as they win their third super bowl in five seasons the chiefs took down the 49ers 25 to 22 in overtime last night and boy what what a game it was uh honestly drake looking back at it and i kind of tweeted this out it was just so sloppy, a very sloppy game. Uh, I think that was partially on the offense, but more so I think that it was the defenses, you know, two very, very good defenses, the San Francisco 49ers with talent everywhere. Uh, uh, the Kansas city chiefs uh, with defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo, uh, really putting pressure on Brock Purdy, uh, Legereus Steed and, and Trent McDuffie making plays all over the field. It was, uh, this was kind of what we had talked about on Thursday too. Drake. It was going to be lower scoring than people thought and and these defenses were really going to show up yeah and hey at the end of the day man i mean it was like three to nothing at halftime i mean it was a freaking it was just dirt low scoring but like you said it was sloppy and you know uh i I think that a couple a couple things came out of this game obviously you've got yourself a dynasty give patrick mahomes and travis kelsey credit you're talking about one of the best connections in the history of the nfl when it's all said and done even right now okay when people are comparing Travis Kelsey and Gronk, there's not a comparison at all. I think that I think that you're looking at potentially the greatest tight end of all time and who could be one of the best or the best quarterback when it's all said and done. You're also seeing another Tom Brady type of, of era of dominance, only like you and I discussed are more likable. Um, but I, I also think that you got to give Brock Purdy a lot of credit. He didn't turn the ball over. He responded very well to that constant pressure. His offensive line did not per se. Okay, and and outside of Christian McCaffrey having that crazy uh, uh, reverse pass where he ran it in for a score, McCaffrey was held in check for the most part. He didn't even average four yards a carry. So I I think that it it was it was sloppy, but man, it was pretty damn exciting. It almost went to two overtimes. And at the end of the day, man, I understand that people, you know, say what they say about Taylor Swift. I still think it's good for football, but man, Patrick Mahomes. It, like you said, you just cannot bet against 15. And you know what? My FanDuel account told me that yesterday. So <laughs> that's what I what I told you last week. You can't bet against 15. Damn. And and at the end of the day, you know, uh, that's that's what happened. The, the neither team really through three quarters were to were taking advantage of, of the mistakes the other team made. You know, multiple fumbles, multiple miscues, and, and both teams were just kind of waiting for the other team to take it until finally there at the end. 
Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes normally does. He took control of the game and he willed the Chiefs to victory. You know, that's why he won his third Super Bowl MVP and he captured his third Super Bowl title in, in six seasons as the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're witnessing we're next we're witnessing another great one. And you're gonna have to have uh he's gonna be the standard. He's gonna you're gonna have to go through Patrick Mahomes. We already knew this, but we're you're gonna have to go through Patrick Mahomes every single season if you want to win a Super Bowl. You know, and you have to start, you have to have an alien at quarterback. You have to have a great head coach that can go toe to toe with Andy Reid. Uh, the Colts, I think, think they have both of those things. We'll see how it develops down the line. But uh, it's, I mean, the, the, it's it's incredible what what Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and the rest of the, the Kansas City Chiefs team uh, have been doing. And credit to them. You know, they're, they're, they're a well-run organization. They've been able to pay all these guys Mahomes Kelsey uh, Chris Jones uh yeah keep going down the line and and Brett Beach has just still been able to to draft replenish them with talent and now this defense is 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 looking fantastic as well so uh, just a, a really good team effort I, I think the 49ers will be back I agree I think Brock Purdy played a, a, a decent game uh definitely wasn't his fault by any means that the no. that the uh the 49ers lost that game. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that that obviously it's it's the Chiefs are the standard. And you're gonna have to go through Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes, especially in the AFC, if if you want to have a chance at at getting a Super Bowl. So the if, if the Colts are looking to emulate a, a team or or the team that they gotta knock off, it's those boys there in Kansas City. Yeah, and look, man, I, I lastly I gotta give credit to Steve Spagnuolo. Okay. You're talking about Steve a former Spagnuolo NFL. is a monster defensive coordinator. Fantastic. And he used to be an NFL head coach for the Rams. Okay. So mm-hmm. like this is a guy who's done it all in the NFL. And I wouldn't even be surprised if you, you know, if it's not next season, soon you might see him up for another head coaching opportunity, kind of like Dan Quinn. You know, he goes from being a head coach, goes to Super Bowl, gets his ass kicked by Belichick, defensive coordinator. Now he's back to a head coach. You might see that happen with Spags, but that's somebody no one's really talking about, and you and I do. So uh, you got to give Spags credit because they got to the Super Bowl on a running attack and a defense. And you know what? At the end of the day, the defense and Patrick Mahomes – end up winning that game again people give kansas city credit all right a couple years ago everyone wanted them to win now people are hating on them just because they're winning a lot give them credit man they've worked hard to get to this point (laughs) they they, they really have yeah and 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 they're they're motivated to go out there and repeat and and get more so rest of the afc and the rest of the nfl better catch up and that's and that's including the indianapolis colts so we'll have to see what happens as we get closer and closer to the 2024 season Every team's focus is now looking towards next year. So that's our show for today, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in to talk Colts free agents with us uh, about who stays, who goes, um, and who's going to be with Indianapolis long term. So really fun discussion. Want to give a shout out to our super chats. What we had one this evening was from NFL Nerd, but really appreciate the super chat, buddy. Uh, you guys, Drake, Jake's thirsty. You know we we got to keep drink Wally. In. And at the hey, listen, I, if it, we have to, I'll, I'll start. Uh, I'll start bringing an adult beverage on the show too as we go through these things. But hey, uh, really want to make sure you guys are all following us on all of our socials as always. Please go like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Oh my lord, Patrick, you son of a gun. Uh, I'm ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Patrick Rye with a hundred dollars <laughs> super chat. Uh, as you make Drake <laughs> make Drake choke on his drink here. 
Patrick, you're you're too kind, buddy. Uh, Patrick says, since we don't know when it's going to happen at this point, just want to thank you guys now for such a fun and positive show and community you've built here and send this to you to say congrats and good luck to Drake with the kiddo arriving any day now. Now, drink. And then my wife is getting into it here uh, with a super sticker. She's saying to clear it. So, Drake, yeah, you got to clear that drink. Uh, and, and There's still a listen, substantial amount left, so here we go. Listen, Patrick, thank you so much, buddy. I know this is just water, but but for you the next episode uh, i'll be drinking for you man thank you so much man as i ch- as i chug a big a big gulp of water patrick you you mean the world to drake and i and and as Gosh. always all, all of you guys do really does make drake and i's night every time uh uh we get to chat colts with you monday thursday night breaking news episodes uh just absolutely fantastic can't thank you guys enough patrick you're you're a legend man and and we hope we're glad that we can have a positive impact on you guys and 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 the colts community and and we're gonna keep doing it here and until you guys kick us off or until horseshoe huddle kicks us off but that ain't happening anytime soon we're still building we're doing a too well <laughs> building a monster yeah. over here so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i go live every monday and thursday night and for special breaking news episodes so you never miss us and i think as of right now we're i think last time i checked we were at uh, 1977 1977 only 23 subscribers away from 2000 almost there guys but if you can't catch us on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen please subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Keep building this this fun community and this fun group that we have uh, each and every night. Drake, you've been writing away as always on HorseshoeHuddle.com. There's no Colts news out there, but Drake is still pumping out content. What can the people go check out? So the last three are... Uh, so Shane Steichen got on the uh, Greenlight podcast with Chris Long. Uh, by the way, also, just like the trenches with Zaire and uh, EJ, amazing podcast. Go check out the green light with Chris Long. Um, he really discussed Anthony Richardson, Reggie Wayne, and Cato June. So go check that out. I also did. I ranked the 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 nine starting quarterbacks from nine to first over the last five years for the Indianapolis Colts, and then I did say and made a compelling argument, in my opinion, on why the Colts might pursue a dominant eagles pass rusher that's available on the market make sure you definitely go check those out really fun pieces especially that quarterback one gave that one a read uh this evening when it came out make sure you check that out myself got a piece up there on the side about dwight freeney going into the hall of fame uh dwight freeney i guess that we could have put this in the in the news and rumors but we kind of already talked about it uh last thursday but dwight freeney going into the hall of fame uh the 2024 pro football hall of fame class well deserved for for mr freeney uh, the one of the most feared pass rushers of his era and now he joins his other colts teammates peyton manning edger and james marvin harrison tony dungy and bill polian in the hall of fame reggie wayne i think got snubbed but he'll be there soon enough i can guarantee you that so make sure you check that out and like i told you i'm currently working on another prediction piece this time predicting the potential contract extension for kenny moore the second so you'll be able to find that this week uh, so check those out as well as all the other fantastic writings from our colleagues at horseshoehuddle.com go follow drake at d walster drake you can follow me at andrew moore nfl and guys since the season is over 
Drake and I were taking a break. I know we just said we'll be just a little here. one. Just a little one. We'll, we'll, little no, one. no episode on Thursday. Drake and I are going to take a, a, a week break to kind of chill, relax. I don't think we've actually taken a break since uh, before training camp. So, well, Sabri might get birth. I don't yeah, know. Listen, next, Who knows? Next, next episode, Drake might not even be here. I might have to have a special guest to try to fill in for Drake because uh, he'll be welcoming uh, his daughter into the world. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see. But Regardless, Horseshoe Huddle Podcast will be back next Monday uh, to talk more Colts football with you all after this little week break for us to recharge and get set because free agency is going to be crazy. The draft is going to be crazy, and we're going to be here every step of the way for you guys. So make sure to tune in next Monday night as we get back together here on the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast. Until then, enjoy your week, everyone. We'll be seeing you soon.